all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. And I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we are talking all about Fiber, Not the most exciting sounding topic, but I promise you if you tune in, we'll give you some great tips on why you should be eating more fiber and how to do that and still enjoy food. If you'd like to uh, give us a call with a question or a comment, that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send me an email, fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Lifestyle Medicine Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And joining me in the studio today is Dr. Fiona Lewis, who is a registered dietitian also with the Department of Preventive Medicine at UMMC. And she's also a fancy pants chef as well. She makes delicious food that is entirely plant-based. And so those are some of the things we're going to be talking about today because we're talking about Fiber. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So I'm glad you could come in and you didn't even make a face when I said fiber. That's my favorite thing. Right. What we were going to talk about today. And so um, I think fiber has a whole lot of stigma surrounding it, that it's like cardboard, that that's what you have to eat um, in order to get enough fiber. So we're going to dispel that myth today. But if you're listening and you have a question about fiber, why you should have it, uh, how to get more of it, and how it really can help you you in your weight loss journey, if that's where you're um, uh, wanting to go, as well as treat a variety of other medical conditions, now's the time to give us a call. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 All right, Fiona, tell me what fiber is. Well, fiber is a part of the plant that our body cannot digest. So first of all, fiber is only in plant food. There you go. Only in plants. So we're plant lovers. Yes. So this is uh, a fun topic for us. So it's only in plants. Um, it's the part of the plant that our body cannot digest. Um, so we're not going to get calories, fat or protein from fiber, but we are going to get some um, health benefits from fiber. Um, fiber has two main categories. So there's the soluble and then there's the insoluble. So the soluble fibers actually, um, works 
and acts as a gel mm. um, as it moves throughout our digestive system. And so that really helps with um, feelings of hunger and even lowering our cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And we can talk a little more about um, fiber foods and usaba and usaba right. foods. But the insaba fiber acts like a broom. So it actually sweeps, especially in our colon, it sweeps through um, all the waste material and helps the waste material to actually leave our body mm-hmm. uh, a lot quicker when we eat um, uh, hot um, so insalva fiber. So, higher insalva. Yeah, yeah, higher insalva mm-hmm. fiber. So there's the salva fiber that acts as a gel that helps to lower our cholesterol, that helps to keep us full. And then there's the insalva fiber, which acts as a broom to sweep the waste out of our, our body. And so why is this important? Um, as I mentioned before, for salva fiber, uh, the benefit is lowering our cholesterol. And um, as you mentioned, weight loss, that mm-hmm. will help us to stay full a little longer so that we're not overeating. And um, the insalva fiber, interestingly enough, um, helps to prevent colon cancer, Mm -hmm. helps to prevent constipation, which could lead to chronic constipation, could actually lead to diverticulosis and diverticulitis, which um, are actually pockets that are formed in our colon when we, when the stool, our stool stay too long in our colon. Mm -hmm. So our colon walls get stressed out and they form pockets. And that's diverticulosis. But when those pockets become inflamed, they become diverticulitis, which is very painful. Um, and it can so, be life-threatening right, as well. And you can get a very significant right, infection right, from right. that. And if, there, if this is a uh, chronic thing, then um, part of our colon can actually be, has, has to be removed. Right. So um, fiber, in that sense, is like our friend, as, as you know, many of us will say, health professionals who mm-hmm. are into nutrition. Fiber is really um, our friend. Um, as far as uh, fiber, another benefit is that they are probiotics. Oh, tell me about ooh, that. Ooh. So we have some bacteria in our colon that are really um, beneficial for um, really our immunity and right. other um, health benefits. And so um, the insoluble fiber will actually feed the good bacteria. So the stuff that we go buy in the, uh, you know, probiotics. A pill or a powder uh, yes. or something like that. Hey, you eat your plant foods, you eat your insoluble and insoluble fiber, and you get your probiotics. Mm-hmm. So I think um, as we're thinking about fiber, let's remember at least the health benefits. Right. Um, and as I mentioned, the plant foods, and this is fruits, vegetables, Nuts, whole grains. Mm-hmm. So it's not um, necessarily just brand. Right. Oh, gosh. Right. I don't even like brand. Like, I mean, like to have a brand muffin? No, thank you. But it, it just sounds like brand, like right. law, you law. know? Right. Yeah. Right. So exciting foods. Food, and sometimes people don't understand it's foods that they already like. Right. Like you just might fruits. need to eat more of them. Right. You know? Right. Fruits and vegetables, at, at, at least fruits. People uh, tend to like fruits. Um so, but then, but mm-hmm. oh, the thing that just kills my soul every time I talk to somebody about fruit is they say, well, there's too much sugar in fruit, so I'm not supposed to have it. And I literally want to put my head through the wall because it's naturally occurring sugars. Right. So now, I mean, absolutely, you can consume too many right. natural sugars. But the thing that I like about fruit is I almost call it self-limiting because mm-hmm. there's so much fiber in fruit. 
if you eat it with the peel on, if it's an edible peel, do not right. eat the orange peel. You will be <laughs> mad at me. But, you know, if you eat the peel that's on the apple or, you know, you choose grapes that have a, that peel on them, then you're getting a ton of fiber with those natural sugars. And so that fills you up. And right. so you, you won't eat as much as if it was just uh, a candy bar or a right. bowl of chocolate candy that has no fiber in it whatsoever. Absolutely. Um, the beauty of, about plant foods is that um, versus like if I'm going to do like a bran or a pill or just fruits as we're talking about it, is that they come chalk packed of flavor. Mm hmm vitamins and minerals, mm -hmm. antioxidants. So the sugar, as you were saying, it's naturally occurring. So it's supposed to be there right. as a whole. It's a whole food. It's part of the food. Right. We do need sugars to give us energy. That's part of, um, you know, the carbohydrate makeup. So we need the, the sugar. Right. As you said, we're not going to overeat um, fruits because they're full you of fiber. You only do it one time or so, and then it make you sick at your stomach. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's go over to the phone lines and go to Horn Lake and talk with David this morning. Hello, David. Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, the topic about dietary fiber hit a uh, raw marrow with me. I started getting interested in my fiber processed foods, had mm -hmm. very low fiber in it. Correct. Time. And I found a company that you have to talk to at the grocery store to get them sometimes to get ordered. The company's called Hudson Mill. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had... Uh, raw, I mean, milled flaxseed, mm -hmm. unprocessed wheat bran, mm -hmm. and untoasted wheat germ, mm -hmm. and I added it to uh, yogurt. And when I have my grandkids over, when we make brownies, I add it to the uh, commercial raw brownie mix. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can't taste it. No. And they lap it up. And also on the brownie mix, I, I mix in a small can of uh, canned pumpkin in with it. Right. Have you and, tried black beans? Uh yeah, black beans, too. Yeah, I make some killer black she bean does. brownies that she everybody does. has been losing their mind yes, over lately. But you're absolutely right. You know, I had I have flax seeds almost every morning. I have them every day, um, but usually in my oatmeal. It's what I right. had uh, this morning as well. Um, but just adding those things in, some intentionality with right. what you're doing is, is a great way to get that in without feeling like you have to eat a gallon of, of fruits or vegetables. Right, exactly. And also, like you mentioned about weight control, if you eat uh, high fiber, it makes you feel full, so you mm -hmm. want to consume as much, you know, calories. You are exactly absolutely. correct. <clears throat> and you're doing some fabulous stuff with the kids. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for giving us a call this morning, David. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, you know, and he he brought up a great point about feeling full, right. you know, and that that's what it's about. You know, I think when folks are trying to lose weight, they feel like they have to be hungry mm -hmm. in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And that somehow hunger is a, a bad thing. Like when they're if they're hungry, then they need an appetite suppressant. Right. You know, I hear that a ton in clinic. People will come in and they'll they'll ask for an appetite suppressant and I really start to dig down into what are you eating? And mm -hmm. they're simply not eating enough food, um, especially fiber rich food to stay full. So, right. you know, the education piece that goes along is there is you, you should be hungry. And as long as we pay attention to our hunger cues, meaning we eat when we're hungry, mostly whole foods mm -hmm. that are mostly plants and then stop when we're full right. instead of continuing to over consume things, then hunger is not 
not a, a bad, bad thing. thing. It's you know, not. it's not a bad thing. But um, we can build you a plate that will support your weight loss efforts without um, being hungry and without over consuming uh, calories and fat and all of those different types of things. Um, so he mentioned um, when he mentioned he was full, that's that soluble fiber right, again that's right. helping to promote that feeling of fullness. Now, way back when we first started talking about the fiber, um, you mentioned um, no calories, which right. is kind of the thing I start with with folks <laughs> when I start talking about fiber. I was like, guess what? It fills you up and it has zero calories in it. Now, it doesn't mean the f- the fiber-rich exactly. food is calorie-free, exactly. but the fiber component of that food, the fiber is not contributing any calories Absolutely. to that. So, for instance, an apple is about 80 calories, mm-hmm. so you're going to get 80 calories, um, or rather 60, 60 Depending calories. Depending on how big that yeah, apple is. Yeah. Uh, six, a small apple is about 60 calories. You're going to get um, the soluble fiber from the pulp, you're going to get the insoluble from the skin if you keep the skin on. You're going to get um, all your vitamins, vi- vitamins, minerals that are contained in that apple, antioxidants that are in that apple. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the other beauty of fiber-rich foods is that they have a lot of water content right. in them as well. Right. And so we'll continue to explore the concept of fiber, and we're going to pick up on the water component of that as well mm-hmm. when we come back from this first break. Now's a great time to give us a call if you're on the fence about doing that. Mm-hmm. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring and we'll be back in just a few. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. Fiona Lewis. And we are talking all about fiber today. Not the sexiest of topics, Mm -hmm. but one that is very, very important for overall health goals. If you'd like to give us a call today with a question, a comment, or a recipe, I would love that. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can always send me an email if that works better for you. Our address is fit at mpbonline.com. Org. All right, so we were talking about fiber, and we've had a good caller who talked uh, about some of the ways that he's adding fiber right. into some of his exactly. recipes. But we're going to go to Startville and talk with uh, Shirley this morning because I think Shirley might have a recipe for us. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, and thank you for your program. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for listening. Okay, so I have a killer recipe for morning glory muffins. Oh, morning glory muffins are so good because they've got nuts and carrots and all kinds of good things in them. Tell me about it. Yeah, so it has, 
it's sort of labor intensive, but the result is worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it has um, um, grated carrots uh-huh. and uh, grated apples, mm. and it has coconut. Oh, I love coconut. Um, and um, I always put less sugar than it calls mm-hmm. for because, you know, these um, the apples, you know, have sugar have and sugar. natural sugar mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, so the most of the time is spent with, with the grating, but mm-hmm. um, it's amazing. And I, I, every time I fix it for someone, whether they be children or grown-ups, um, you know, people who are squeamish mm-hmm. <laughs> about uh, plant-based right. um, recipes, everybody loves it. So um, that that recipe um, uh, is is quite good. It sounds then, delicious. <laughs> I have a question. Uh-huh. Um, I know a lady who who has diverticulosis, and uh, she says that her physician says that she cannot eat nuts. Right. So how, what, what do you, you, you as physicians uh, recommend uh, for people who, um, you know, need the fiber, mm-hmm. but uh, cannot eat the nuts? Right. And that's a very, very common thing that we hear. Nuts, seeds, and popcorn are usually some of the ones that um, patients get told that they can't uh, or can't have. And that's because there is the the fear that that little piece of nut or that kernel um, skin off of the popcorn will get lodged in one of those little pouches Mm -hmm. that is part of diverticulosis and lead to inflammation, um, which will lead to the infection and a whole lot of pain and discomfort. There have been a couple of articles that have come out recently saying that it may not be um, quite as um, contributory as we had previously thought, um, and that if people were able to eat nuts before and not have as much of a difficulty, then they may be able to continue that. Of course, that's a one-on-one conversation with the individual provider because they know how significant the diverticulosis is with that. Um, There are also dietitians who kind of specialize in GI disorders that work specifically for patients who have diverticulosis or IBD or IBS, those that we have to kind of be a little bit more cautious about how we add fiber in. But knowing the health benefits of fiber, it's not something that we're just going to say, we're not going to you're not going to have fiber, right? Because we know that's going to make the diverticulosis worse. Worse. But, you know, nuts and seeds are just one part of the fiber um, pathway. And actually, they are something that while healthy um, and that they do contain fiber, we do want to be cautious about portion size Mm -hmm. in those particular items as well because they have less water content than some of the other fiber-rich foods. And they do have more fat and calories. So especially if weight loss is the desired outcome, nuts can quickly sabotage a weight loss <laughs> effort because we consider them so healthy that we over consume yeah. those and we wind up not running a calorie mm-hmm. deficit which is what we need for weight loss um so about a quarter cup or so of nuts is about all we need per day right. or a couple of tablespoons of right. nut butter um, but i don't do both so you know i had nuts in my uh, oatmeal this morning right. and so i will not have peanut butter later um, because that's too many calories for me overall 
Um, so to get back to the original question, um, Fiona, what foods can she add to her diet? They're not nuts that we can I increase mean, fiber. There's fruits, there's vegetables, yep. there's whole grains. Right. Um, as long as they're he or she is able to tolerate it, then right. go for it. So right. nuts are just, as you were saying, nuts are just one f- uh, set of foods that have fiber. There are right. tons of other foods yeah. that have fiber. Right, so right. Go Absolutely. for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, uh, the um, I'm sorry, the oatmeal, mm-hmm. the um, uh, there's a textured uh, textured kind of oatmeal um, that's um, that's better than than the I'm trying to think of the name. Steel of cut them. oats is probably what Steel you're thinking cut. of versus yes. the right. quick oats, yes. right? Right. Yeah, they're they're better uh, than the than the quick oats. Uh, so that yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, all right, and you know, it's ha- for me, it's however I can get the oats in. I was gonna say, it's however's gonna get yeah. you started. Steel just cut can take ahead. a little longer, and my mornings, everything is on fire at my home. Um, <laughs> we're all trying to get out the door, um, so if I have the time, I absolutely will do um, some steel cut oats in my crock pot and keep right. those, um, right. you know, and portion those out. Um, but my morning oats are really just a rolled. Um, oats that that I do and I make some some killer overnight oats for that but thank you for your call Shirley and thank you for making me want a morning glory muffin now I'm going to be in search of that uh, this morning and maybe even make a big old batch of those this weekend and that's that's what I was going to say you know she talked about the uh, labor intensive but think about it as meal prep yeah like once you make a good batch you can have it for a few days and even freeze it and carry it over to the next week yep yeah, they keep well. They keep well in the refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if I can give a plug, but Taste of Home has a very good <laughs> recipe. Fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I'm going to look it up. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Now we're going to go um, to Ann, who is on the road. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. I love your show. I hope to uh, be able to pick it up someday in Louisiana. Yes, ma'am. And you can always listen online and it turns into a podcast as well. So we're always there. Yes, ma'am. I have a question about the Morning Glory uh, muffins. Could you use almond flour to make those with? Um, For the Morning Glory ones or for the black bean brownies that I mentioned earlier? Well, the Morning Glory first because I'm familiar with that recipe. Right. But also the the black bean brownies. Um, you know, the different flowers respond a little bit differently yes. to hydration. So yes. I'm going to turn it over to the chef who will know exactly uh, how to probably answer that question. Um, you, I would say no, unfortunately, yeah. because um, the almond flowers, they don't have any gluten. So gluten is what gives like uh, baked goods the structure. Um, okay. And so if you want it to be gluten-free, then it would be a good idea to just purchase uh, a gluten-free blend mm-hmm. where they actually have proportioned um, like tapioca flour and all the other flours so that you still have some structure. Otherwise, the muffin is just going to be like a flat cookie. Right. Oh, okay. My husband is diabetic, so he okay. doesn't want to eat white flour. Okay. So- uh, for an, alternative um, an alternative would be um, whole wheat pastry flour. That's what I was going to say. Um, because you still have the gluten, but you also have some of the fiber from the um, from the wheat. It's just that the um, I said whole wheat pastry versus regular whole wheat because regular whole wheat tends to be heavy, and so you'll end up with like a heavy dry muffin versus okay. um, the whole wheat pastry, which um, the wheat. Uh, is is cut a little thinner so that um, the the product is a little lighter and you still get the fiber. 
Oh, great. And where can I find the black bean recipe? The black bean brownie recipe is actually posted on my um, Healthy Living page on Facebook. So if you're a Facebooker, um, it's Healthy Habits with Josie. The face, uh, the black bean brownie recipe is there. But if you would like a copy of it, you can just email fit at mpbonline.org, and I will send you a copy of that. And the beauty of the black bean recipe is it does not have refined white flour in it. It actually uses um, blitzed up oats to make an oat flour for use in that. So it's completely refined flour and refined sugar free as well. Great. Yeah. I can't wait to try that. Thank you so much. I do enjoy your show. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for giving us the call. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that that recipe, man. It, it has just it has just gone all all out. You know, I actually um, am working on my culinary medicine certification, which is combining two of my passions, right, food and and health. And so I went down to New Orleans, which is where the curriculum for that is, out of Tulane. And um, one of the first modules we worked on was the anti-inflammatory diet. And so the foods that we eat can contribute to the inflammation that's going on in our body and that can drive a lot of these chronic illnesses that we're dealing with not just autoimmune type illnesses but the high blood pressure and the diabetes and all of those different types of things and so i learned some great recipes on how to just swap out ingredients so still food that we know and enjoy um, but swapping out ingredients to make them more whole food focused um, to decrease that inflammation there all right we're going to go ahead and take our second break of the hour now's a great time to give us a call that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and the email is fit at mpbonline.org we'll be back and talk more about fiber in just a few an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Fiona Lewis, and we are talking all about fiber today and how it really is the foundation of a healthy plate, regardless of whether you are vegetarian, vegan, or a meat eater, we should all be trying to add more fiber to our plate. If you have a question about how to do that, or you have a recipe you want to share, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. All right, so this morning on uh, my Facebook and my Instagram, I put out the question of how many grams of fiber do you think the average American consumes in a day? And so um, I got some folks who just said not nearly enough. They wouldn't even put a number to (laughs) it. Well, they were correct. Okay. And then I had someone who commented one gram, and I surely hope not because then we would never poo ever in the world because that's not enough. Yeah. But um, the average American, drum roll please, 
about 10 grams of fiber a day. And that is woefully under the amount that we need as well. So um, what's the recommended amount of fiber per day? So I've seen a couple of recommendations, but I'll give a range. So 25 for uh, women, uh, 35 for men. And then I've seen another recommendation with 25 for uh, women and 38 for men. Right. 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 So, um, yeah, we are not doing well with our fiber. Right. And so, you know, regardless of gender, the recommended amount is somewhere between 25 to 35. And that's kind of the the baseline for maintaining health. And when we say health, we mean healthy cholesterol, um, a healthy feeling of satiety, which is that fullness feeling, uh, and then a healthy poo, right? Um, A healthy GI system with a healthy um, gut microbiome, right? right? You mentioned that at the beginning, that um, that prebiotic, probiotic situation that's going on in our gut that really is kind of the center of our immune function. Exactly. Right? So fiber uh, does all of those things and supports all of those things well. Now, if uh, weight loss is our goal, we may even need more fiber than that. You know, Mm -hmm. I teach a set of classes um, called Full Plate Living, Mm -hmm. um, which is a, you know, a national program with a curriculum out there. And the basis behind that program is the addition of fiber to your plate so that you have a full plate that's why they call it full plate living without being hangry right right i call it fill you up without filling you out right we're filling up that belly for not a lot of calories because as we've mentioned numerous times fiber has no calories yes and the majority of the foods that fiber comes packaged in, like fruits and vegetables, are also very uh, heavy in water. Yes. They're, and water, spoiler alert, also has no calories. calories in it. So when you eat fiber-rich foods, you get naturally lower in calorie food options. Absolutely. And so... The way we uh, approach building those plates in that class is making three quarters of the plate a fiber rich food. Yes. So a fruit, a veggie, a grain. I mean, it's really a, as simple as that. A quarter of your plate as a fruit, a quarter of your plate as a veggie, a quarter of your mm-hmm. plate as a as a whole grain. Uh, and then that other quarter, you can just go nuts on, right? right? I mean, you can you can put meat on there if that's what Absolutely. you desire. You can put eggs or dairy or whatever it is you need over there. Or you can substitute in a plant-based protein, right. which is what I put there, uh, which bonus, I get a little bit more fiber, exactly. fiber there. Um, and so I usually consume around 40 to 45 grams of fiber per day. Um, and I, f- I mean, I feel great, you right. know, um, right. From now, I'm not hungry um, because I don't do well with being hungry. It it makes me grumpy. Um, and so I really enjoy the addition of those fiber-rich foods to my plate. But we do not want someone who is eating 10 grams of yes, fiber let's talk about today that. to say, you know what? Bidwell told me I should eat 40 grams of right. fiber, and so I'm just going to chunk down all that food tomorrow. No, ma'am. No. Or no, sir. Your tummy will not be happy, right? So when we add fiber too quickly, we can get some gas and bloating. And constipation. Right. Especially if we don't increase our water content. We'll wind up with, you know, just a a big ball of of poo that doesn't want to move. Frustration. Right? Frustration (laughs) abounds. So, um, you know, how do we go about, if we're one of these low fiber eaters, which we know the average American is, how do we start to increase it to at least get to that that bottom goal of 25 grams? Absolutely. So I I think it's important um, to just remember 
just start where you are and not uh, stress about it. So um, at breakfast, if I'm having um, nothing, sometimes people right. have nothing for have breakfast. Nothing. Yes. Just, you know, I can just have a fruit. Right. If I'm already having, let's say I'm having quick oats mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I can eat nuts. I'm not allergic to nuts. I add a little bit of nuts. Right. Um, I can add a little bit of flax. And when I say a little bit, I mean like a tablespoon. Right. Of ground flax. Of ground flax. Yes, Don't because... do the whole flax or you'll just poop <laughs> yes, out the flax seed. Go right and, you. <laughs> and you'll not get the benefit right. also of the um, omega-3. Right. So, um, yeah, starting at breakfast, I would just add a little bit of flax or a little bit of chia seeds and um, let that be it for the week. Right. For instance, and then like every day, like you're you're changing up that breakfast every day. Exactly. So I'm just working on breakfast, for instance, and at breakfast, I'm going to try the different things that I just mentioned. And then next week, and and I'm increasing my water Mm -hmm. intake, Um, half a cup more than what I usually um, drink is a good place to start. And then next week I can, once I got breakfast down, I can start working on lunch and my lunch can be. Um, if I have some baked chicken or fried chicken with uh, mashed potatoes, and usually there's no um, vegetable, and then macaroni and cheese, and then macaroni and cheese, right, which and there's is no not vegetable. a vegetable, right? Right, <laughs> right. none of that is a vegetable. Even though it comes on the veggie plate, that's not a vegetable. <laughs> exactly, it's a side, but it's not a, <laughs> not a vegetable. So I just I can just add some green beans, whatever my vegetable that I like, right. or you know, turnip some, greens, right. which I you know to right. me, if you're gonna have fried chicken, you need some turnip greens on the you side. Some greens. That's that's, sure. how you, that's how right. you eat that. Yeah, um, greens yeah. are perfectly good right. for fiber. So right. whatever is go- whatever is in the vegetable group that I like, mm-hmm. that I typically do not add to my plate, I want to start by adding at least one. So that's week two, and then we go to week three. I'm still with my breakfast. I'm doing well. If I want to do a smoothie, I can add throw in a little smoothie, and then I go back to my lunch and I just add it. An extra vegetable, an yes. extra serving of vegetables. So while I have greens and um, some carrots or greens and, and, and um, some eggplants, whatever right. works. Right. So I go gradually and I'm increasing my water as well. By the second week, I'm up to maybe uh, a cup, an extra cup mm-hmm. per day of water. And then as I go along, um, I'll go to dinner and then do the same thing as I did right. with lunch. Right. So it's not, um, I don't have to... <sighs> I don't have to break the bank, number one, and I don't have to do this extensive planning. It's just what I already like, but I'm more intentional about adding it to my meal. Right, right. And it's the same way that I counsel folks, um, you know, usually starting with that breakfast meal. Mm -hmm. It's also if you're out there and you're interested in moving to more of a plant-based way of eating, that meal-by-meal approach is a great way to do that you know um a lot of folks go well i'm just i'm gonna go be vegan right. and they just go cold turkey <laughs> with no turkey because that's not vegan <laughs> but you know they just change everything and that's very very hard to yes. do one you tend to overbuy vegetables and fruits and things and they spoil yep and I say, just pick mm-hmm. this week we're just going to work on breakfast right. how can we take the animal components out right. of breakfast you know um and it tends to be one of those meals that's a little bit easier to do that on because there are familiar your favorites like cereals and yes. oatmeal and grits and those yes. kinds of things that we can adapt um, for that way of uh, of eating there and then we move on to lunch and right. dinner and right. those kinds of things and build it from there but even if you you know are not planning to ever go completely 
completely animal free, just shifting the focus of the plate to more plant focused is going to build in that fiber, um, fiber there. You know, you mentioned, you know, maybe an oatmeal. Um, you know, one of the things I like to think about is just regular cereal. You know, right. if we're eating um, cornflakes or Cheerios or, you know, something yeah. like that, um, one, we usually have a ginormous portion of it, right? Because we're trying to fill up on that one food and that winds up with having a lot of calories and a lot of usually refined carbohydrates and added sugars at breakfast time if we will you know cut back the portion of that cereal maybe three quarters Mm -hmm. of a cup to a cup of cereal depending on what it is i'm not talking lucky charms here um one that doesn't have some kind of magically delicious something in it um but just a regular cereal if we threw you know a sliced up banana on top of that or a handful of berries on top of that and then a sprinkle of um you know sliced almonds or some walnuts or some sunflower seeds something like that we've taken that fiber content from that cereal from about three grams of fiber depending on what the cereal is Mm -hmm. upwards to about 10 right you know so we've gotten a considerable amount of fiber already usually the whole day's worth that the average american is consuming right right there there at breakfast time there you go um and it's just as simple as it's adding food and even with eggs you know think about how how eggs can be versatile with adding um, spinach or broccoli and absolutely um, eggs, um, peppers and and tomatoes and I could go on and well, on yeah, and on. I just say like whatever little bits you exactly. have left in the fridge. Like there I usually go. have like a carrot left or you know a handful of mushrooms mm-hmm. and maybe a small amount of salad greens left and and that kind of stuff. And just everything goes in the pan, right. um, you know, for those kinds of meals. And that's really adding fiber to that. Be careful of how much other stuff you add into it as well, because we tend to usually add ham and cheese and bacon uh, in our omelets or scrambled eggs or things like that. And that goes back to my saying of one animal at a time, right? So if I'm going to have an omelet that has eggs in it, then I'm usually not going to add the cheese and the ham and the bacon and all that kind of stuff. And that's the way I'm going to counsel patients as well, because it's too much too much fat all at one time Absolutely. for that particular thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a little bit of intentionality in it. If you caught last week's um, episode, that was a pre-recorded episode. Uh, and I answered lots of questions about food that I get on my Facebook. And one of them was about, I don't like vegetables. You know, mm-hmm. I hear that all mm-hmm. the time. I don't mm-hmm. like vegetables. And one of the tips that I had was to th- make three lists, right? So you make a list of vegetables that you know you like, mm-hmm. because usually there's at least two right. that people like, <laughs> right? Like green beans and corn right. are like usually everybody's <laughs> two. So put those on that list and then make a list of ones that you know you despise. Like you have tried it multiple ways and you would not eat it unless you were starving to death. Like for me, it's beets, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't can't do a beat. Yeah. Just I can't do it. <laughs> and then make a list of the things that you think you don't like, yes. right? Because that is a large chunk of the veggies that people think they don't like. It's either because they've not tried right. it. They haven't tried it since they were a kid right. and mama like boiled it to death, right. right? Or they've only tried it one way. One way, exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, you know, I've shared about my my very polarized love hate relationship with broccoli, right? <laughs> like I love raw broccoli, right? So I I use it as a dip for my hummus mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Cooked broccoli, no, ma'am. And and you know, you mentioned that I don't necessarily like cooked broccoli, but when I um, roast it, it's better. Yeah, you know, a little, little 
olive oil, uh-huh. little um, seasoning. And I like roasted broccolini, so like the baby yes. broccoli, yes. Um, but just a regular old head of broccoli that's yes. roasted. I'm not down yes. with that. But so I encourage folks to to make those three lists, what I know I like, mm-hmm. what I absolutely hate, and what I think I don't mm-hmm. like. And just try one of those things that you think you don't like right. per week, right. you know. So just pick up and try, you know, maybe it's asparagus, exactly. you know, and try it. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the beauty of eating for health and enjoyment is just building a plate that you enjoy to eat. Right. You know, that's different than a fad diet that exactly. tells you, you what have you eat, have to eat. Right? Yes. We're yes. not. No, no it's well. not. It's a democracy. It's not <laughs> communism. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, that's what um, what makes me sad when I see um, different um, folks posting on social media about the diet that they're right. trying or those kinds of things, and they don't like it. Like, they're holding their nose right. to eat this particular food. Why would you waste a calorie on a food that you do not enjoy when there's so many out there that are delicious? And eating is supposed to be pleasurable. Why would you waste an eating experience eating food that you don't care for? Mm-mm. I mean, I I had my breakfast this morning and I'm definitely thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch because I enjoy food exactly you You eat what you like and it's still it's healthy right right it's a lifestyle it's It's a lifestyle lifestyle. it's a lifestyle it's not not a diet all right we're gonna go talk with alice this morning in macomb good morning alice good morning how can i help you today i want more about this i done got scared to death just about now (laughs) oh goodness we don't want to scare you to death what can we help you with more I hear about this, I'm going to spell it. I can't say it to you. Okay, spell it out. D-I-B-E-R-T-R-I-C-U-L-O-S-I-S. Yes, ma'am. Diverticulosis. Oh, Lord, I'm getting scared and scared. No, don't be getting scared and scared. What scares you? The pockets and what might go in there. Uh-huh. I just found out what that I... Yeah, that I think last year. Okay. You're not not alone. Diverticulosis is a very, very common um, thing because we've not eaten um, enough fiber fiber throughout our life. And so it kind of slowed everything down and stretched it out a little bit. But it's not anything to be overly scared of. It's just something that you want to know that you have so that if you were to develop lower abdominal pain, cramping, fever like that, it's not something you'd go, oh, maybe I just have a, a tummy bug. Right. It's something that you'd want to go ahead and let your healthcare provider know about. And then it's something that we can absolutely um, you know, treat through the things that we eat. Yes. Could it be here? Could you get rid of it? You can in you can keep flares from occurring. So it's a little hard once the the pouches form formed for them to kind of unform. But you can you can prevent the flares that cause that pain and infection that we were talking about. Um, I, I hope I don't have it yet because I've been having big problems. I had to like push the top of my stomach and mm. trouble with my bowel. That's why I'm got scared. Yeah. Do you have a, a GI doctor? I go. I got an appointment on the 17th. Very uh, good. Make sure you discuss all of your concerns with your GI doctor. And I would encourage you to go ahead and make a list of questions that you oh, have. I got that oh, good. I'll be writing everything down that I can think of in me because I'm scared. Now, don't 
don't leave your your list in the car. That happens a lot to me. Folks get in and they go, oh, I left my list in the car. So make sure you take your list in and make sure you ask those questions and that you get answers that you understand to all those questions. If you don't understand something, don't just say, okay. Right. Make sure that they explain it out to you. Well, that's that's what we're here for is to explain those things out and make sure that you're comfortable with that treatment plan when you go back in. I'm going for uh, the office season. They both to set up when they do the uh, the scope. Okay. Colonopoly. I had it last year. The colonopoly mm-hmm. was set up for colonopoly and the upper GI. Yes, ma'am. I had a big problem. Yeah. Well, well, it's good that you had one last year, and then now you're getting one again. So they'll be able to tell if anything has gotten worse yes. or yes. if it's looking looking the same, which is what we kind of hope for that we haven't had any worsening of that condition. And ain't no way you can check it out without knocking me out and going all of that kind of stuff. Not, no, not really. Um, once an infection is set in, we can do some different imaging tests to see if there's inflammation in your belly, like a CT scan. But to mm-hmm. actually assess the health of the colon, we got to kind of crawl up in there. And, and you want to be knocked out for that, I assure you. Um, that's not a procedure that you want to stay uh, awake for. So, um, you know... Mm-hmm. And, and, and excuse me, and uh-huh. another problem I'm having, I've been getting real congested and coughing up stuff, not regular. I had to, got two mucus in my chest. Mm-hmm. And that come from that deep or something that I can't pronounce. I got something I can't even pronounce. Oh, bless it. That should not be related. So if you've got a lot of mucus and coughing up stuff, that sounds more like lung and respiratory type stuff. It could be allergy related. It could be just a little bit of a cold. But that would be something you'd want to talk about with just your regular health care provider. So your primary care doctor or nurse practitioner or physician assistant um, will be able to help you with that one. Okay, I see him on the 31st of July. Well, there you go. Looks like you got it all lined up and ready. I I'm think... working on it. I have made 71. Now I'm heading on up, and I'm more ready to take care of myself the best I can now. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for your call. I hope we were able to help you out a little bit. And thank you, too. Bye-bye. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to take the last break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to finish up with some of our um, tips on adding more fiber into your diet. And if you have not gotten a chance to call, you can send me an email. That number is a fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a few. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Health. 
healthy and fit. We have been having a great time talking about fiber today. Favorite topic ever. Absolutely. We're going to have to have another fiber show because I've had so much fun with it. But you know, I've had Dr. Fiona Lewis here um, joining me, helping out with, with uh, covering this topic. And, you know, I want to talk quickly about grocery store tips mm-hmm. for getting more fiber-rich foods. Because, again, I think people, um, if we've gotten past the fiber that doesn't taste good, you know, we've got, okay, it comes from fruits and vegetables, but that's expensive, right? So what are some tips for getting fiber-rich foods on our plate without breaking the bank? Sure. I, I would start at frozen vegetables. Yes. You know, those are always on sale, mm-hmm. and um, the fiber is there, and the uh, sodium content is low, so that's... Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Soups are good. Um, canned soups, the low sodium canned soups. Beans. Mm-hmm. Beans are pretty um, nutritious and high in fiber. Um, and you can find the low sodium versions because I've seen them. I get them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, grains are uh, well. I would say uh, bread. You know, mm-hmm. um, but we have to be careful when we're reading right. the the label. One right. of at least three grams or so of per per slice, per slice. of fiber yeah. in my in my bread or in my um my wrap or my tortilla. Or bagel or what you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Whatever baked good baked you're good. adding. Yeah. And those are generally on sale. Even if it's just two grams of fiber, mm-hmm. I I would definitely yeah. do that. Yeah. Um anything else? Um, whole in terms of pasta. Mm. So um I've seen whole grain pasta. For a dollar mm-hmm. per box, mm-hmm. and the fiber content per cup is usually about three or four, right. and there's some protein in there as mm-hmm. well. So um, I think those are really good ideas mm-hmm. when I yeah. check the store out. Yeah, and I, I think that we tend to overlook the fact that vegetables and grains have protein in them, yes. you know, because that's the question that everybody asks me. And before I went plant-based, I was one of those... Right. People who asked, I was, I was like, where do you get your protein? Right. And I mean, oatmeal has protein right. in it. All of the vegetables do as well. It just, you have to eat a little bit more exactly. of them. But the beauty of that is that means you're full with less calories in your body. Exactly. So you can absolutely do that. Now, a couple of quick, um, like prepping food tips that I like to have, especially when it comes to beans, mm-hmm. because people tell me that they don't, they can't eat beans because it makes them, makes them gassy. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're going from a dried, bean soaking right. those beans oh. mm-hmm. is very very important and i don't mean like soak them for an hour i mean soak them over yes. night yes. um throw off the water throw before. off the water before yeah don't mm-hmm. cook it in that same water because all the all the stuff that you are trying to pull out right. that makes you gassy is in that water right. um and then with canned beans make sure you rinse, rinse those as well right. as and i rinse them until the water comes clean Clear. off of that right. and that helps wash some of that sodium off as well right. maybe if you couldn't afford that low sodium Absolutely. variety all right oh my gosh we're out of time we had a great time talking about fiber if you didn't get a question in and you have one you can send me that email at fit at mpbonline.org and i'll be happy to answer it uh thank Thank you, Fiona, as always, for coming in. Thanks to our listeners and all of our callers, and thanks to our producer, Kevin Farrell, for another great show. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.